Hello out there. Hello out there. Hello out there. The BACN universe. BACNiverse? CNiverse. Nope. Hello out there. Um, this is Doug. This is Doug's acute mental neuroses. Oh, it's been a good week, kids. A good week. Um, let's start with uh, kind of the, the personal stuff. Um, I completed um, my therapy treatment this week. Um, in fact, I finished it as of Tuesday, and I've already gotten the letter of completion in the mail, and I am thrilled. It feels good to to have someone tell me I'm okay and not be Stuart Small. Um, you know, it's still going to be an uphill battle, but it's going to be uh, a less hard-fought uphill battle in terms of, of progress, really, with my personal life. Um, I think I've mentioned before, I still want to continue with therapeutic writing. Uh, I mean, I think I still have deep-seated issues stemming from my dad that have affected me in ways that I never thought possible, um, such as the fact that, you know, my writing kind of took a hit, and by hit, I mean it just combusted. Um, it imploded in on itself, and my uh, my counselor had said something where he goes, I, I imagine that you know, part of you not writing is that, you know, your your dad's voice in your head saying you can't make a living, you can't do this. Um, you know, that as my dad, uh, despite being a heavy reader, um, knocked me for being a heavy reader. Um, I think he knocked me for being a heavy reader at a young age, though. I think, you know, as an adult, he became, you know, a heavy reader. And uh, as a child, I think he was, you know, uh, jumping, running, climbing up trees. And, um, and I wasn't, I was always an indoor kid. And I think, uh, I think that early judgment, um, you know, put, put in my head that, you know, maybe I, you know, my, my creativity was stifled. And I think it just really came to a head in my twenties and my, you know, late twenties where, you know, I thought I was going to be a New York Times bestselling author to spite him. And, um, I wasn't. And I think that's why my writing kind of fell off was, you know, that, that I could hear him in my head, you know, saying, you know, you failed. This isn't something you can do. Go get a real job. Um, you know, and really it's not until recently with, with the beginning of the BACN that I've gone back to being creative, not only for the sake of just being creative. I mean, it's a lot of fun doing the branding and, and the, um, the logos and editing the music. I mean, these are all things I, I enjoy, but just being creative. You know, I, I plan in November, um, probably by the time this sees the light of day, you know, November is the National Write a Novel Month. Uh, I think I've talked about this before, and that's when I'm going to get my novel done. It's sitting on my computer, half done. I really like the story. I've got piles of ideas that never saw fruition, and some of them I really wish I would have gotten to. Some that I told people about and they had really good reactions to where they said, well, that's, you know, uh, a piece of fiction that, you know, no one's tackled. No one's looked at it that way. No one's, you know, I have an idea. You're not going to hear it right off the bat here. But, you know, um, for the people that know me that have heard the idea, the, you know, the the vampire idea um, that started out as just a weird short story that for uh, for a then-girlfriend uh, that turned into, you know, the, the short story, which was like, a, I think, a page and a half long, turned into this, kind of boiled in my head, turned into this idea that, you know, I kind of created a whole world and went, okay, well, 
you know, screw this kind of nameless character in the short story. I'm going to make, uh, you know, kind of a shorter story or uh, I'm sorry, a longer short story. So medium story, I guess, um, about this, like, you know, detective type in this world and using this logic based on the supernatural and, you know, ended up thinking of, of his opposite number who was going to be in the sequel to the short story. And none of this has come out. Um, you know, I think about some of the characters I used to write when, you know, my 20s, like, uh, Mad Jack and, um, Filibuster Vigilance, who thought he was a Viking, you know, barbarian warlord, but it was, like, in present time, and, um, and Mad Jack, who was a personal favorite uh, of mine, and I know that it was a kind of a fan favorite of people that read the Mad Jack stuff, but Mad Jack was always on the verge of having a nervous breakdown about whatever was bothering me, and, um, you know, I mean, it was a hyperbolic version, but, um, and his cat, uh, that was always on drugs. And, uh, to this day, the Mad Jack pieces are still the only thing I've written where the cat survives or doesn't start dead. The cat goes through some Warner Brothers, Wiley Coyote level punishment, but it does survive. Um, you know, and Dr. Yes Sexy, the mad scientist plastic surgeon. I mean, these characters, these ideas that were so just pouring out of me 10 years ago that just, it's like a faucet just kind of turned off slowly and it dribbled and now it's stopped and I'm worried that the well is dry and I know it's not. And it's something that I have to prove to myself. And that's, that's part of, you know, the rejection and, and need of acceptance, but I need to do it to myself. I need to stop rejecting myself. I need to accept myself and go, look, this is something I love to do. I'm good at. I got my degree in, for Christ's sake. You know, and even even when I got my degree, my dad, you know, I got my degree in English, and he went, well, at least it's a degree. I'm like, you can't even be happy that I graduated college and you're still shitting on this, not even a skill, it's a born talent. You know, there are people who, you know, wish they could externalize what's 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 in their heads and I have that ability plus creativity you know not only can I describe and and you know describe and emote myself but I can use different unique and individual characters as filters so that's stuff I'm going to be working on um in terms of personal growth is to get you know back to being creative and getting this you know, wretched, horrible, toxic psychology that, that's been in, in, in the back of my head like a tumor out. It's got to be cut out um, with extreme prejudice. Um, love that phrasing, especially when I can use it in actual context. Oh, man, that was just a bunch of vomit. Um, so that's what's going on personally. <laughs> um, as well as um, I've, I've realized that um, jackets, uh, despite being uh, inanimate, uh, all of my jackets have personal vendettas to make me look fat. Um, when I quit drinking, um, months ago, uh, I gained, I gained weight. Um, that happens physiologically. I'm, I'm not filling my body with these empty calories and using it as a hunger suppressant or not eating, but I'm not, I gained weight. Um, I was eating real food instead of whiskey and, um, I'm, I'm, I'm shedding the pounds in an amazing way, and I feel great, and I look great, um, I think. But, uh, you know, uh, we're not joking about starting a baby bump watch on the website anymore, so that's good. I guess that, that was my big motivator 
uh, when Deb said that was, I was like, okay, I gotta lose weight. Um, but all my jackets still make me look fat, and I don't know if they're just big jackets or they're just bulky jackets, but I, ugh, I feel like, you know, Ricky Lake in every John Waters movie, you know, uh, wearing these jackets, uh, not to the point where I'm taking a hit on my, uh, my self-esteem, but, you know, I'm kind of like, God damn it, jackets, are you doing this on purpose? You know, I mean, except for the one that's a medium that I bought, like, fucking whatever it was 10 years ago that, you know, was kind of small on me to begin with, like, that one looks fine. It's a little short on, you know, on the on the bottom, I guess, but, you know, but, uh, you know, I threw on this, you know, like, snowboarding jacket that I've had for years, and it was like, oh, well, that makes it look like I haven't lost any weight at all, and, you know, that's not good. But I'm not going to eat because I'm depressed, and I'm not depressed because I eat. So I'm not going to fall into the fat bastard cycle on that one. Let's see. Professionally, uh, let's see. Behind the scenes of the BACN. Well, Deb and I had some recording issues last week. Uh, my computer decided to have a Bell's palsy stroke. Um, short, contained, um, but inconvenient. Um, and I thought, uh, well, uh, you know, it's an older model computer, you know, these things are going to happen, uh, old people leak, old people, you know, are, you know, broken inside by time, and my computer is no different, so, um, you know, I researched ways to do it, and, uh, turns out, uh, really, it's just a matter of getting more RAM, I mean, it's, it's that simple, and I can do, I can install that myself, uh, which I did, uh, but it turns out I bought too much, and, um, or got too much, and, uh, my computer had a, uh, no power situation, uh, so I managed to kind of tweak my settings, um, and it's running fantastic. It just, just the extra RAM alone, uh, in terms of, of running, um, things like Photoshop and GarageBand and iTunes, like, you know, kind of all at once, I can see where it would drain my computer's resources, and adding to those resources, um, in a positive way, uh, has made all the difference, and I'm, I'm, you know, as as well as some really small things you don't think of. Like I put my computer, you know, I just close the, the the top of it and leave it on like you know standby mode for days, and that doesn't kind of flush that RAM cache, that RAM uh, cache, um, and that should be done. So if you're listening to this, uh, that's a good idea for uh, anything anything like computers. I mean, I, I imagine most people don't put their desktops on a standby for days, but someone with a laptop who would use it day in, day out, like I do, you just close it and you, you know, you go home or you go to a coffee shop and you reopen it and, you know, you don't think, you know, and then it starts to lag sometimes and you're like, well, what's going on here? Well, that's what's going on. So, you know, um, I, I'm trying to be better about my computer's health in terms of not only preventative care with with the shutting down but uh kind of frankensteining a few bits and pieces into it to make it better and you know really uh, it, it's something i should have done years ago um but just never had the wherewithal to do it um and then the computer had a stroke and i was like well that's you know you know it, it's it's the baby bump watch uh equivalent where i was like uh this this has to happen now um so baby bumps and um you know pregnancy and strokes the uh, theme to this show, I guess, as well as, um, you know, things like uh, clearing out your, the hard drive. And, you know, I, I've got an external, I back up, all, uh, you know, everything. But I realized, you know, um, 
that the raw audio of these episodes, um, these uh, no applause, uh, shooting the gap, you know, uh, damn, and the upcoming golden cartridge, you know, a lot of the raw audio of, of, of the stuff uh, eats up a lot of hard drive space. So um, I am slowly but surely backing everything up, not only uh, on the external hard drive like I usually do, but I'm now backing it up onto servers. I know that obviously the final episodes, the edited episodes that go up uh, are backed up uh, on servers, are backed up on iTunes, are backed up on my external. So um, I'm in the process of a kind of an undertaking of sorts uh, with uh, throwing all of the raw audio onto a server, a backup server onto a cloud. So, uh, which, you know, when it's 40, you know, between 40 and 60 gigs of audio, it's, uh, it takes a while. So I'm hoping by the end of this weekend, uh, I know these hit on Fridays, but I record them on Thursdays. Ooh, behind the curtain. You know, I'm hoping by the weekend, uh, everything will be backed up and uh, I'll have some freed some space on my, on my drive as well. To uh, add to the continuity of the shows, last week I got off on a rant about Godzilla and how it reproduces. And I've thought about this for days and days. And I talked to someone uh, at my day job and I said, let's sit down, let's figure this out using the American Godzilla and the original Japanese uh, black and white serials to... um, you know, to to to, to use as uh, quote unquote scientific empirical evidence, uh, and uh, he at one point said, "I don't know if I can talk about this in a scholarly way." I said, "This is a conversation about Godzilla babies. I don't think the word scholarly needs to even be in it." Um, but we did kind of talk about the fact that um, Godzilla was the product of uh, atomic you know, or nuclear uh, mutation, and it would hold that it would have some kind of weird radioactive genital 3D printer egg sac organ um, to reproduce. So the way it reproduced in the American version is fine. I'm still, once again, itchy about it being a litter as opposed to in the original serials where he had Gadzuki and it was a kind of a one-off, like a human you know, only having one baby at a time type of thing. Well, I mean, except for twins and triplets and weird drugs making you have eight children. But, uh, but you know, um, kind of that single uh, gestating offspring. I, I think I like that better um, in terms of the kind of litter. Um, but, you know, for propagation of species, propagation of species sake, I don't know. Lizards, I mean, they, they lay eggs. So they, they lay, you know, a litter, so to speak. Um, and if this thing can just kind of 3D print itself, little babies, um, in its atomic dick womb, then, yeah, I, I guess it would have litters. I mean, that makes total sense. And then this is the same guy where I was talking to him about, you know, wanting to rewatch The Last Unicorn. And uh, I was talking to him and I said, oh, yeah, it's with the, the unicorn. And he gets chased by the big red thing. And he goes, oh, yeah, the, the bull. And I said, fucking sure. I don't know. I haven't seen The Last Unicorn since I was six. So, 26 years ago. Um, but I, I just remember a, a unicorn being chased by a big red thing. And uh, I got Last Unicorn. He recommended it. He's like, you check it out. It's, it's still dark. It's still great. And I said, sure, sure. And I was kind of looking through the file, making sure that everything was fine. And I went, man, the animation doesn't look at all like I remember it. And I went to him and I said, so, like, when 
the unicorn is a baby at first, right? Like, that's how I remember it. And he goes, no, the unicorn's the last unicorn. I went, no, 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 it's a baby. It's a baby. And at one point it flies at the end. He goes, no. Oh, and he realized that I was talking about a completely different movie that was more obscure than the last unicorn called, um, Nancy, no, I can't remember. Una, uh, Unicor Unicoro, or Unicuru, something like that, where... Uh, this evil puppet uh, uh, comes to life and he's this big round and he gets angry and he gets big and red and it was like, yes, okay. Apparently in the 80s in Japanimation, the bad guy always got angry and big and red. So, um, now that I can't... Unito? Unico. Unico. Unico is the name of the movie. Unico. So if you want to see really what fucked me up when I was five, Unico... Um, the more he and I talked about it, the more the memories started kind of resurging. And he goes, I can't even believe you remember that, let alone you know what that movie is. And I said, yeah, when I was, like, a little kid in the early 80s, you know, in the heyday of VHS, there was a VHS store right down the street from my house. And my mom would take me and, you know, uh, we'd pick, like, the, the 1960s, like, um, you know... Or the 70s Spider-Man cartoons and the, you know, the, the 70s Spider-Man live action with the horrible web shooters and the horrible, you know, spider sense where it's just flashing strobe lights. And, uh, you know, and Star Wars was, you know, out on VHS and, you know, um, I think, I think the guy, his name's Rick. I hope he's doing well. Um, but I think the way Rick was then is how I am now where I get along with kids because they like Batman, and they want to know about Batman, and I like Batman, and I know a lot about Batman, so they go, I want to know, and I go, well, here you go, like a mama bird spitting food into a baby bird's mouth, I, you know, food, puke, you know, awesome comic book stuff at these kids, and I get along with, with people's kids, and, uh, you know, or their parents go, uh, we're watching this, you know, Avengers cartoon, like, who is this guy? My kid's asking, and I don't know the answer, and I can go, well, this guy, it's, you know, you're, go, look, you know, Google this. This is where you'll find, you know, this whole thing, and this is who Cyclone is, and this is why the Grim Reaper hates, uh, Wonder Man, because they're stepbrothers, uh, and blah, 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 blah. But, uh, I, I think Rick was then what I am now, and I think that, you know, we're kind of kindred spirits in terms of him chucking all this weird stuff at me. So I get things like Unico very early on where I remember watching that and going, wow, and it blowing me away. And that kind of starts an early love affair with like that kind of dark um, Bass Rankin or um, Don Bluth, you know, animation style. And, you know, and the Japanimation uh, movement in the 80s where even in kids' cartoons you had, um, you know, Voltron, Robotech, uh, Thundercats. Um, you know, on the lighter side of things. And, and you know, and, and builds my love of science fiction and, and cartoons and anime and weird dark shit and scary red evil puppets. So, um, yeah. I'm going to probably let you guys go on uh, evil red puppets. Um, but he yeah, had that weird sing-songy voice that just ugh, turned your spine to glass and... Check it out, uh, check it out, guys, uh, if you want. If not, hey, what are you going to do? Um, I'm not the boss of you. So, um, from, uh, from Doug, from Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, and from Doug's Neuroses...
happy whatever day you're listening to this. And, uh, I don't know, um, don't squeeze the Charmin. Thank you for listening to the BACN, your home for almost bacon and banjo!